Welcome to the Reaching Forward Podcast. Welcome to Bible Study. We're filling your bucket with blessings. We're dealing with what are commonly called the Beatitudes. But Jesus simply said, blessed. So we're on number eight. And really it's being part of Team Jesus. So if you have your Bibles and like to go to Matthew chapter 5 and verse 10. It's good to uh, be with you today. Blessed are they which are persecuted. For righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed or blessed. And we desire to fill your bucket tonight. Get your bucket. Let's fill it up. Lord, bless this Bible study in Jesus' precious name. One night on a beautiful Sunday morning, everyone in this tiny town wakes up early and goes to their local church. Before the service start, the townspeople sit in their pews and talk about their lives and their families and God's goodness, and suddenly at the altar, Satan appears. Everyone starts screaming, running for the front entrance, jumping out the open windows, trampling each other in their determined efforts to get away from the evil incarnate. Soon everyone's evacuated from the church, except for one older guy who sits calmly in his pew, seemingly oblivious to the fact that God's ultimate enemy is right there. This confuses Satan a bit, so he walks up to the man and said, Hey, don't you know who I am? The man said, looked at him and said, Yep, sure do. Satan says, Well, aren't you afraid of me? The man says, Nope, sure ain't. Satan, disturbed, says, When... And why aren't you afraid of me? Man says, I've been married to your sister for 52 years. <laughs> Blessed are they which are persecuted for righteousness sake. For theirs is the kingdom of heaven. And there is a brother. And uh, we were going soul winning, inviting people to church. I wasn't there with him. He told me about this, and, and he, felt him, he felt a rock hit him. Not too hard, but he got hit by a rock. And This is when we were on the Marine Corps base, Camp Pendleton. So he went and found the pastor later, and he said, he was excited. He said, sir, I've been persecuted. And the pastor said, brother, I threw that rock at you. <laughs> well, if you've ever joined a team, teams have colors, right? Like football teams, soccer teams, hockey teams. What would the Christian team Team Jesus have as colors. I don't know. Maybe one would be red, symbolizing the blood of Christ, or purple, symbolizing his royalty. We'll have another one. White, symbolizing in Revelation 19 and 8, the righteousness of the saints. Righteousness sim simply means to be equal with or equity. And we have the righteousness of Christ, which is by faith, not of the law of Moses. But the Bible says we're blessed. Well, first we have the circumstances of the blessing. What are they? They're persecuted. Well, who wants a blessing? Now, I'm not talking about being persecuted. Don't be afraid to raise your hand. Keep one hand on the steering wheel if you're driving. What is a blessing? Well, I need one. I want one. And God wants to give us one. To be blessed means to be fortunate, well-off, happy, the Bible says in Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 3, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who hath blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. God's blessed us. 
He blesses us with his hand. John chapter 10 and verse 28 said, And I give unto them eternal life, and they shall never perish, neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. God blesses us with his foot. Revelation chapter 3 and verse 7 says in part, I am he that openeth, and no man shutteth. And shutteth, and no man openeth. Have you ever put your foot on the door to keep it shut? I remember when we were inviting some folks to church, this dog started to come to the door. And it was one of those like screen doors with the glass on it. And he was jumping up and pushing this door. And, I, and as we got closer, the dog got more excited. And I, I realized that dog was going to bounce against that door and it was going to come open. And he did, or she. And it looked like a mean dog. And you know what I did? I kicked my foot right up against that door and shut that door. You know, if God opens the door of blessing, man can't shut it. And if God shuts the door with his foot, man can't open it. I'm glad that God has got the foot on the devil's door, keeping it shut. And he's got a foot on that blessing door, keeping it open where the devil can't shut it. You see, man can't change God. Israel had an enemy in a country called Moab. And the king, named Balak, he got a hold of a man who knew how to pray, named Balaam. Balaam was not from Israel. But Balaam, the Bible says in Numbers chapter 22 and 6, the king Balak said, Come now, therefore I pray thee, curse me, this people. For they're too mighty for me, peradventure I shall prevail that we may smite them and that I might drive them out of the land. For I wot or know that he whom thou blessest is blessed and he whom thou cursest is cursed. So he got to this prophet. But you know, God also got to the prophet. In Numbers chapter 22 and verse 12, God said to Balaam, thou shalt not curse the people for they are blessed. You know, when God blesses you, the devil can try to curse you, but as long as you stay in a relationship with God, as long as you keep walking with God, the devil can't curse what God blesses. And so three different times, in three different places, King Balak tried to get uh, Balaam to curse the nation of Israel. And he got so frustrated, he said, I called thee to curse mine enemies, and behold... Thou hast altogether blessed them these three times. You know, people persecute what is different. What is different? What is to persecute? It means to treat someone cruelly or unfairly, especially because of race or religious or political beliefs. It's interesting. America's voting today. So there's some very, uh, very, uh, very high emotions in different parts of our country. Pray for us. Or, or religious beliefs. People are persecuted all around the world because of that. Or because of race. The way you look, uh, what you believe, uh, or what you worship. You're going to be persecuted around the world. It's unfortunate. It happens. I remember, I grew up in Africa, uh, partially. And we were playing, we were wanting to play. Uh, now, I'm white, Okay. I was born in Kenya. I lived in Zambia, which is southern Africa. And we were, getting, we were getting ready to play some football, which is soccer in America. And my friend, who's half black and half white, he was out there. And it was kind of just a, you know, dirt 
open dirt area or grassy, but they were we were having fun. We weren't any good, but that's what which what we played. And one one of the locals came up to me and said, "We don't like white people." Well, what did I do? I didn't play soccer that day. I was outnumbered. <laughs> but you know that you can be persecuted. I wasn't hurt or anything, thank God. He just was, uh, and I think he was kind of joking, but I didn't play soccer or football that day. Well, the Bible shows that sometimes people are treated differently because of their religion. Jesus said in John chapter 15, starting in verse 18, if the world hates you, you know that it hated me before it hated you. If you were of the world, the world would love his own. But because you're not of the world, but I've chosen you out of the world, therefore the world hateth you. He said, they're going to persecute me, they're going to persecute you. You should actually be, when you get persecuted for serving Christ, you should be like, praise God. At least that's an identifier, right? Second Timothy chapter 3 and verse 12, yea, and all, that's 100%, that will live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. Friends, if you wear a certain shirt that says a certain sports team, someone's not going to like it. If you declare you like McDonald's, someone may not like it. If you just say you eat meat, someone might not like it. Guess what? If you serve Jesus Christ, someone will not like it. You know, if you have chi- a child or children, I have a kid. I believe that you should learn to let your kids take a stand for what they believe in. Don't just rush in and helicopter their parent over them. Let them take a stand for something and encounter some resistance. It'll be a blessing for them to learn that there are sometimes uh, consequences to standing up for what you believe in. The Bible says in 1 Peter chapter 4 and beginning in verse 14, If you be reproached for the name of Christ, happy are ye, for the spirit of glory and of God resteth upon you. On their part he is evil spoken of, but on your part is he glorified. You know, if someone accused us of being a Christian, would there be enough evidence to convict us? I sure hope so. If, if someone persecutes you, the Bible says in 1 Peter chapter 3, beginning in verse 14, but, and if ye suffer for righteousness' sake, happy are ye. And be not afraid of their terror, neither be ye troubled, but sanctify the Lord God in your hearts, and be ready always to give an answer to every man that asketh you a reason of the hope that is in you with meekness and fear. Uh, You know that if you suffer for something, it actually gives you a platform. If you go through something, it gives you the platform. If you're uh, persecuted for something, if you face something, I have a big scar on the side of my face from a car accident. Well, it's a platform for me. Uh, Now, if someone has a scar on their face, I can ask them about it. Why? I have one! (laughs) It gives you a platform. If if you're persecuted for righteousness sake, people are going to become to ask you, hey, why did you stand up? And hey, uh, you know, maybe maybe they need someone to encourage them to stand up for their beliefs. Make it a platform. Because I'm blessed. You know, Job, in chapter 9 of Job chapter 9 and verse 33, he said, neither is there any daysmen betwixt us. 
that may lay his hand upon us both. Job was lamenting the fact that there was no mediator between him and God. The Bible says there is. Job didn't have this revelation, but the Bible said in 1 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 5, for there is one God and one mediator between God and man, the man Christ Jesus. A mediator mediates. What does they do? Occupy a middle position. You know, it's interesting. I read somewhere, you know, if you just put one hand on God alone, it makes you blind. Blind to the need of others. Pride builds walls. If you put one hand on man alone, you know what you get? Burnout. You ever heard someone, I'm burnout serving God? Yes, I, I, it happens if you just put one hand on man. But if you do the work of Jesus, you put one hand on God and one hand on man, brethren, you've got a breakthrough. That's what God wants us to do, have a breakthrough. So the circumstances is that the blessed are persecuted. Well, okay, but at least I'm identified with Jesus Christ. But we're persecuted for what reason? Not that you go to church necessarily, but for righteousness sake. An English professor wrote the words, and these are the words, on a board. A woman without her man is nothing. And directed the students to punctuate it correctly. Well, the men wrote, a woman, comma, without her man, comma, is nothing. The women wrote something different. The woman wrote, a woman, colon, without her, comma, man is nothing. People look at things differently, don't they? Well, in the second part, for righteousness sake, we have the reason for the persecution. Your stand for God exposes their sin. They're wrong. Makes them uncomfortable. You know, if you like a certain sports team, you think everybody should like it. That's on one level. But spiritually, if you're living a certain way and someone is shedding some light on that situation, what is the first word in the Bible from God? Let there be light, right? Genesis chapter 1, verse 3. And then it said, God saw the light. Saw the light and that it was good. And God divided the light from the darkness. Light's a real divider, isn't it? The Bible says uh, God is light in 1 John. And in him is no darkness at all. Light provides a contrast, right? Light and dark. And you know that contrast knob on the old TVs? It means to be different, especially in a way that is very obvious. Daniel, you remember him? Well, he was promoted. He was a good worker. Darius promoted him in his kingdom. And Darius, uh, the king, had a kingdom and it, had a, it was divided politically, I guess, in the government. 120 princes were over the kingdom. Okay, Over these 120 princes, he had three presidents over whom Daniel was number one. And the princes all came account and gave the account of the whole kingdom to the three presidents. And they, of course, gave it to Daniel. And Daniel went to Darius. Why? That the king 
in Daniel chapter 6 and verse 2 should have no damage. That he should suffer no loss politically, militarily, and financially. So Daniel had an excellent spirit and the king wanted to set him over the whole realm. And what happened? The presidents and the princes sought to find occasion against Daniel. No one seemed to be on his side concerning the kingdom. Because they couldn't, but they could not find fault with him because he was faithful. So they had some shady business deals going on and Daniel was doing things right and they didn't like it. It exposed their kind of backroom deals and their, you know, you rub my back and I'll rub your back. Well, Christians, we don't do that. If it's, well, man, I was going to go somewhere, but I won't go there. So they sought to find occasion and said that, well, the only thing we can do is find it with this God. So they, they made this decree that you could only worship the, the emperor and had him sign it for 30 days. And anyone who worshipped any other God but the emperor, they would be thrown into the den of lions. Well, you know what Daniel did when he found out the decree was signed? He went to his house. And his windows being opened towards Jerusalem and he kneeled on his knees three times a day. And he prayed and he gave thanks before his God as he did aforetime. You know that it's a real blessing, let me tell you, to take a stand for God. And when, when, it, when you stand to lose something, whether it's a relationship or job, uh, you know, someone's favor, take a stand with God. You can't serve God in riches anyway. You've got to make a choice. They're persecuted for doing the right thing. For the kingdom of God is not meat and drink, but righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. You think if you started going to church and you got cleaned up and you didn't kick your dog and you didn't curse at your kids and you didn't throw your beer cans in your neighbor's yard and you started going to church, people would applaud you, right? No, what do they say? You spend all your time at church. Now, pre-COVID, our church in Florida, we had a Sunday morning service, Sunday evening service, Tuesday soul winning, followed by a 30-minute Tuesday Bible study, and Thursday evening service. Now, each service was about an hour, and that's about four hours a week total of being in church, right? Well, that's so much, preacher. Well, according to a CDC web, the CDC website, Centers for Disease Control. <laughs> this is on there. According to the Kaiser Family Foundation, kids 8 to 18 spend an average a whopping 7.5 hours in front of a screen for entertainment each day. Not including stuff for school. This is just for fun. Not homework. 7.5 hours a day. Now, over a year, that's 114 24-hour days watching a screen for fun. <laughs> you don't see anyone persecuting someone for that, right? But if you start serving God, guess what? It's coming. But you know that I'm thankful that although persecution comes, God is also there. The Bible says, For everyone that doeth evil hateth the light, neither cometh to the light, lest his deeds should be reproved. But he that doeth truth cometh to the light, that his deeds may be made manifest that they are wrought in God. Jesus said, you got this light. Christian, where you go, you're going to make some people uncomfortable. 
Let your light so shine. Matthew chapter 5 and verse 16, that they may see your good works and glorify your Father, which is in heaven. The Bible says we look for new heavens and a new earth wherein dwelleth righteousness. When you get to heaven, the kingdom of heaven, they're going to do things God's way. On earth, as it is in heaven, Christians are started the practice. Well, the third thing I want to talk to you about is in this team Jesus, it says if we're on God's team, we're part of God's kingdom. That's where the king has domain, right? When you invite Christ into your life, the kingdom extends to your life. If you want to bless your house, serve God, and the blessings of your house will extend upon you. That's why the devil, he was frustrated at Job. He said, you've got a wall around him. Why? Job served God. Job served God, and the blessings of God extended to Job's house. Well, the reason for the blessing is the strength of it. It came from Jesus. Theirs is the kingdom of God. Notice, theirs is the kingdom of heaven now. What? Now. What did, well, how does the Lord's Prayer end? Well, it's in Matthew chapter 6, verse 13. There's two renditions of it. The one in Matthew. For thine is the kingdom, right? And the power and the glory forever. Amen. Well, what is Jesus saying to the church? Thine, theirs, yours is the kingdom of heaven. Is is a present tense, right? Awesome. Well, how do you enter into this? You enter in by faith, right? Jesus said to Peter, who, who, do, you think, who do you say that I am? He said, thou art the Christ, the son of the living God. And notice what some of the outcome it's revealed by God. And then he said, And thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church. What the statement of faith in Jesus Christ. And the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Now notice what else. And I will give unto thee the keys of the kingdom of heaven. And whatsoever thou shalt bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. And whatsoever thou shalt loose on earth shall be loose in heaven. You have power in prayer. And the Bible said it's the Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. The Lord's eyes are over the righteous. His ears are open to their prayers. You know, it's interesting uh, when Elisha, he had been pursued by the king of Syria. And he brought all of these chariots and army. And the servant in 2 Kings chapter 6 and verse 15 went forth and saw all of this army compassing about where they were. And he said, Alas, my master, how shall we do? And Elisha said, Fear not, for they that be with us are more than they that be with them. And Elisha prayed, brethren, we can pray because the kingdom of God is ours. Have you ever prayed something from the kingdom of God? Elisha prayed and said, Lord, I pray thee, open his eyes that he may see. You know, we need our eyes of faith open. Well, the Lord opened the eyes of the young man and he saw. And it said, behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire. Round about Elisha. Good ending to the story. There's much more. Check it out in 2 Kings. But it made me think of a man named Eric Little. And he was running in the Olympics. 
And one of the heats to his favored race was on a Sunday. I'm talking about filling your buckets with blessings and being on Team Jesus. And you know what? He said, I'm not running. He called it the Sabbath. He said, I'm not running on the Sabbath. He's not going to run on Sunday. It's the Lord's Day. So he lost out, of course. If you don't participate in the heat, you can't be in the final. And there was a movie called Chariots of Fire. It comes from that account in the Word of God. They that be for us are more than they that are against us. Well, so they switched him to another race. Not only did he win that race, that it wasn't his favorite race to win at a different distance, but he got an Olympic record. You can watch it. Eric Liddell, L-I-D-D-E-L-L. And before he went to race, someone gave him a little scrap of paper and it says, it says in the old book, he who honors me, I will honor. You know, as we honor God by serving him, living in righteousness, the righteousness which is by faith in Christ, taking a stand for God. All the promises of ye are yea and amen in Christ Jesus. All the power of God. He said, all, all power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. All of these things are a blessing given to the church. Yours is the kingdom of heaven. Use it, but really use him. Through faith, use Christ. God bless you. Fill your bucket. Let it overflow. Let someone hear about Jesus. And, and if you get persecuted, be thankful that you're identified as one of his church. And show them love back. God bless you.